Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events. And today we are going to talk about reopening schools in Florida and across the country. Uh, the governor in Florida has lifted all restrictions on child care and school activities. Um, some of the local government mayors, um, county officials have opened up summer school. Uh, there are new CDC guidelines in place. There are new requirements and procedures that they're giving down the pipeline that are going to be implemented. We're going to talk about those today. We're going to talk about how we think it's going to work. And it's another corona topic. So if you want us to talk about anything that has to do with the corona or anything else going on in the world, you can find us on all social media platforms at Tragos Law is our handle. That's where you can send the questions in and we'll hit them one at a time. So today we're going to talk about the decision process that parents across the country and really across the world are going to have to make regarding school sometime for some parents in the summer and others in the fall. So the options parents are faced with is either you can homeschool your kids, you can put them in some kind of part-time program where it's a couple days a week at school, a couple days a week at home. Uh, the schools could force an implemented part-time program where either the students only come every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday versus Tuesday, Thursday. They could implement a program that um, certain groups of kids come in the morning every day, other groups of kids come in the afternoon. They've, they've talked about all these different ways to try to implement and put school back on the map here for everybody and all these parents because parents need to get back to work. And if you're a single parent or a two-income household, it's impossible for you to get that work done while homeschooling your kids or while your kids are not at school being watched. So the CDC guidelines have come down and have been you know, implemented or talked about and worked on for a while for if they are going to reopen schools, which they are. Um, local governments are already opening up summer school and summer programs. What do those CDC guidelines look like, Pete, and, and how have they been worked on? Um, let's start with how they've been worked on. I didn't realize until I started doing research for the topic, but the CDC started preparing an interim guidance for administrators of schools K through 12 back in March 11th of 2020. Uh, they've they've done a couple uh, revisions, and what they've basically come up with is you, as a school system, need to find a way to get things going so education can continue, uh, so things like school meals can continue. And that the, the, the process and procedures of actually going back to school have to be safe. And that's kind of the hard part. Um, the guidance really, and I'll just say it in a nutshell, and we'll talk about it in some detail, is they're taking away all the fun. Uh, they're, the plan is to keep people as far away as they possibly can from each other, keep students as far away as they can from each other, and pray that they don't have a, another outbreak. Uh, because if you think about it, one student gets it in that enclosed environment. Right. And what's what's to stop from every student in the school getting it and then giving it to all of their parents who then bring it to work? I mean, it can spread like wildfire at a school or any daycare center or anything like that. So it is it is kind of a, a scary proposition to think about putting all these people in one room. And we're talking about all ages. So three, four, five year olds, they don't they slobber all over everything. They lick each other's faces. You know, I mean, it's, it's not like they are going to put on a mask, leave it on and be respectful of everybody's personal space. Yeah. You know, and then the harder part is think about 
you know, the three-year-old goes to school with 25 of his classmates. They all touch each other, at mm-hmm. which point the three-year-old comes home with his six-year-old brother, touches that person. The brother goes back to school, infects all 25 of those people. Not to mention the parents at home, hugs and kisses. And, and that's right. Grandma and grandpa yeah. all of a sudden are, are in a hospital with COVID. Right. So taking all these factors into account, you know, and then there's the other side of the coin where DeSantis said when he um, gave his speech about reopening schools in Florida and lifting all the restrictions on childcare facilities and things like that, that children are the least at risk. Um, they are showing the least amount of symptoms. They are the least vulnerable to it. So that makes sense to send them back to school because they're not, you know, going to die from this most likely, but they can still be carriers very easily and give it to someone who can die from it. So that's kind of the, the both ends of the spectrum that can happen by reopening these schools. So for that reason, they are still, they're not just opening the schools like normal. They're putting these guidelines in place. So when we talk about what the guidelines are, a lot of it has to do with restrictions. I mean, that's really what these guidelines look like. No field trips, no game rooms, no teddy bears, no hugs, no kisses, no sharing toys. Um, Buses leave every other row empty. They're going to change the way they're seating in the classroom so that people are not sitting or so that students aren't sitting within six feet of each other um, or sharing pens, markers, you know, utensils, anything that they may have done in the past. I mean, think about the sheer magnitude of that statement. We're in Pinellas County, and for those that you know live here in our county and have gone to public schools, there are portable trailers, I call them, on every school campus where they've got kids shoved into every corner of every crevice in a school. So now you're talking about taking a school system that's already taxed with space Number two, you know, in Pinellas County, we stagger our start times. So middle schools, grade right. schools, and high schools start at different times. You know why that is? Because we don't have enough buses to, to move. Well, now you kids. have half capacity on the buses, right. basically leaving every other row empty. So think about it. So half capacity on the buses. You've got to now distance all those kids you've been for years cramming into portables. And now you're contemplating telling parents that, you know, maybe you'll your your kid will go to school Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in middle school. And then you're Grade schooler will go to school Tuesday and Thursday. I, I mean, it's really going to be a very tough pill to swallow uh, as, a, as, a, as a, a parent. It's going to be an even harder pill to implement. So, an and we'll, we'll talk about the problems at the end. So, some of the other things that they're trying to implement are cloth masks, um, gloves, potentially, especially for the teachers. Um, staggered arrival times, like you talked about. Think about temperature screening every kid every day. Well, they're planning on doing things like that. They're also planning on, you know, if you have a cough, runny nose, whatever, they're going to send you home and the parents are going to have to come get you and you're going to have to stay away from school until that all goes away. It's going to be heightened everything, you know, because if a kid came to school before with a cough or threw up or whatever, they just sent them home. But now it's going to be way more heightened than that. The brother or the sister is probably going to have to go home with them if they're in the school as well. I mean, everything is just going to be heightened. Yeah, and even think about your high school experience. You, you went to class, well, at least we did. You, know, you went to class, every class period, the bell would ring, you'd go to a different classroom. That's all ending too. There's not, they're actually trying to implement not having kids rotate from classroom to classroom. Well, that's not out. That's just something they're talking about. Right. Right. And potentially rotating teachers or they're basically trying to find. So the guidelines don't necessarily implement guarantees that you have to follow as a school. Right. Most public schools are going to implement as many of these guidelines as possible. But it's going to be really hard because, like you said, 
we don't have enough buses as it is. Now they're at half capacity. Bus drivers are going to have to sanitize the seats after because you see now we had somebody post, I saw somebody post on Facebook or something that they went to the DMV. All the chairs are spaced apart. But while they were sitting there for 30 minutes, the one brown chair that was six feet away from them had seven different people sitting at it. It's not near any other chair, but somebody would get up, somebody else would sit down. Somebody would get up, somebody else would sit down. No sanitizing of that chair. So they're passing whatever it is as they sit in that chair. So it's really like, what do these guidelines really protect from? That That's kind of the issue is it's like, okay, we're leaving every other bus bench empty, but can the kids share a bench seat? The truth is, I think it's more process. They're trying to give every opportunity to avoid the spread. But the reality is, we're social beings. You're going to go back to school. You're going to touch doorknobs. You're going to touch your locker. You're going to come in contact with a million things in the course of your day that you you know you touch and every other kid's going to touch those things too so i think this is going to be one of two things it's either going to be a complete and utter disaster or it's going to it's going to work out to the point where they realize the kids aren't a threat and they're going to go back to normal relatively quickly well and that's the thing is you said oh it's going to be a nightmare for the schools nightmare for the parents but it also really sucks for the kids like it takes out yeah it takes out so much of the fun of school like we talk about it all the time with our kids the social aspect of school is like the main thing, especially when they're five, six, seven years old. They're not going to be rocket scientists at that age, most of them, but they learn how to be social. They learn how to make friends, play sports, be on teams, work together in group settings. Most of that's going to go out the window. Yeah. Like one of the huge things, even all the way up through college, was group work activities. Like they wanted us to work in a group. They wanted us to learn how to lead and follow and do different, pull our weight in different ways in groups. A lot of that's going to be gone. Think about, I feel bad for the teachers, uh, especially for the, the younger kids, like kindergartners. Could you imagine having a, a room full of kindergartners and you tell them they can't play, they can't touch, they can't do all the things that they normally do in their just their learning experience is to touch and play. You know, lunch was my favorite topic, subject in school. I'm guessing most kindergartners the same way, lunch recess. and recess. Yeah, right? exactly. So it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a weird process how they set things up. But do you think it's necessary? Do you think they need to take these strict of guidelines? Um, do you think it's necessary what they're doing? I think they're obligated to do something, especially since they've shut the country down for the last 70 days, to ensure that we don't have a breakout. Now, in my opinion, this is just me, I think it's going to go to the wayside very quickly. I think after like the first month or so when they realize that nobody we're not, gets it. Yeah, we're not having any breakouts. There's no major issues. They're going to start relaxing things. Right. In New York City, it's one thing. But yeah. in Pinellas County, Florida, or like Plant City or something, those high schools, I mean, or, or all the schools over there, it's not necessary. I don't think it's necessary, you know, because it's not really going to spread like that there. To me, this just seems, if you're going to open schools with little kids, listen, high schoolers, fine. They understand social distancing. They can understand not high-fiving, hugging, kissing, whatever. Little kids do not get it. You know, I mean, they understand it. And, and, you know, my kids do the elbow and stuff like that now. But when they go see their friends, they're going to run up and want to hug their friend. You know, it's just just how it is. It's going to be instinctive. Right. And so the teachers are going to be separating. There's one teacher and 20 kids. Like, how are they going to be separating all 20 kids? This is not the year you want to be the kindergarten teacher. I feel bad. It is. It's tough. It's really tough. What do you do as a kindergarten teacher? Let's be real. You clean up kids' snot all day long. And you play with them and make them be happy and have fun. Now they're going to not... Imagine how much harder it is to get through the day when the kids are not having nearly as much fun. Right. And try to keep little Billy in his seat. Right. Exactly. So I think that that's going to be really tough. Um, Something that's interesting is... Private schools do not have to abide by the CDC guidelines. This is not something that's going to be enforced by the government. So they can kind of pick and choose what they want to what they want to go with. 
Public schools also don't have to abide by them, but do you think they will? Yeah, and to be clear, it's a guideline. Right. It's not a, ru- a law right. or rule or statute that you have to abide by. The answer is, I th- do I think they will? Yes. I think most of the school systems are going to find a method that works for their particular school district to in- implement something. When you talk about public servants or government workers, they're usually not going to see something that the government created and then create something totally different. Right. That's not that's not normally how bureaucracy right. happens. But I think what you'll see is, for example, Miami's policy may be very different sure. than Pinellas County's. As it should. Right. As it should. Their school districts are just com- composed of different, you know, people, different numbers, the you know, but they're all gonna do something and they're all gonna be based on the C D C guidelines. So I, and I do think that it's interesting that they're they are starting with summer camps and summer school. I think it's a good time to test, test these right. guidelines. There's a lot less students that come to those things, so it may work out better in the summer and they can work out some of the kinks. I think this is something that's going to be very fluid and change over time. I don't think it's gonna look in the spring of 2021, like it looks in the right. summer of 2020, and I think it will evolve. And if we're lucky, what'll happen is they'll find out in you know June, July, and August that you know their plan worked and there was not a, a, a marked spread. Unless and I, it comes back in the winter, like and then we'll be screwed. About. At which point, you know, we'll all be back at home playing, you know, lawyer slash teacher, you right. know, and exactly. parent all at the same time. Exactly. So. They are going to reopen the schools. We'll see what it looks like. It's probably not going to look anything like it did uh, prior to 2020, but that's our analysis of it. If you guys want to hear anything else, you can reach out at Tragos Law on all social media or send me an email, petertragos at greeklaw.com. Boom at midnight, tra-